This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, shameless moms. I'm recording on a Thursday, so this is a little weird. I have to warn you, Vinny is here. He probably will make an appearance at some point. Um, Oh, here he comes into my office right now. And, oh, and he's whispering to me about his shopping cart. Your shopping cart is right over there under the stairs. So, yeah, I'm recording with Vinny in the house, which I've never done before. So let's all just take a deep breath and say a little prayer. Um, I'm recording on Thursday and Thursday is what we call in our house stay home day and stay home day means that Vinny doesn't go to school. So he goes to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. So Thursday is my sacred mommy day where I try to just be mommy all day, but it doesn't always work that way because sometimes we have these spells like the last three weeks where every week is just craziness. And so we had my mom with us for a week and my mom and I went up to see my sister who had surgery for two days. So that was two weeks ago. Then last week, I was in LA for three days. My husband was in DC for five days. So that week was all crazy. And then this week, we're coming into a holiday weekend. Um, so we've shortened the week a little bit tomorrow. And um, and then Monday will be Memorial Day. So we'll be off for that as well. So I just need my, my regular schedule back. It's making me crazy. So Vinny and I just got done with lunch. And we're going to see if we can record while he's playing down here near my office. We'll see how this goes. It's a big experiment here. Um, I hear a lot of noise in the background, and I'm not sure exactly what he's doing, but I'm just going to hope that it's all good things. So with that, um, I have to tell you, I'm super excited about our topic today. And I actually started this out being a different topic, but very similar um, content. 
And then I realized when I when I was thinking about what I was going to say today and what our what we were going to be talking about, I was feeling a little cranky. So I kind of put this negative spin on it. And then I was like, oh, wait, when I woke up this morning, I was like, wait, I could totally spin that a different way. And I'm pumped because this is what happens sometimes with you when you sit with something. If you're in a negative space or a cranky space or you're just trying to do too much at one time, sometimes giving yourself a little distance makes all the difference and a little bit of time too. A little distance and a little time makes all the difference. So my list that I'm going to share with you today, it started out as um, 10 ways to do what you don't want to do, which is like not anything horrible, but it's not super positive and like upbeat, right? Because you're talking about things you don't want to do. And then it occurred to me, I was writing some information, um, some emails for my boot campers here in my local business at my gym here in Seattle. And it occurred to me that the list I had come up with that was 10 ways to do what you don't want to do is also the same list that you could use for 10 ways to slay. And I was like, wait, that is so much better. Like now we're putting a Beyonce spin on it, right? Beyonce is all about the slay. So, so our list today is 10 ways to slay. So what made me think of this topic is that we all have things we don't want to do. And it's hard to get through those things. And sometimes it's things like laundry and dishes and whatever. And then other times it's big things. It's like, you know, rearranging your resume to get ready to apply for a new job or deciding if you're going to go back to school or major, you know, family decisions. Like I'm going to go back to work or I'm going to quit working and stay home and all those kinds of things that are huge and overwhelming. That's when you need your list of 10 ways to slay, right? Because you have to have this list of how you can get through something and get to the other side. And I know I've had some big obstacles in the last couple of years that have been really overwhelming to me. And the whole time, every time I was in those situations, I was just like, I just want to get to the other side. I just want to push fast forward and know how it's going to all turn out. So one of those situations was when I was moving my gym and I was looking for real estate. If you've ever looked for real estate in Seattle, it's insane. And that took me a year. And during that year, I just wanted to know how things were going to turn out. I wanted to push fast forward. I wanted to know that I would get to the other side, that I would ultimately find a good space for the gym and that people would actually follow me there and I wouldn't lose all my members. Like that was really key and that it would just all work out okay. And then I got that through that. And it's funny how like I gave myself about a week to breathe. And then I was like, "Hmm, maybe I should launch a podcast. And then when I decided to do that again, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to know that it's going to turn out okay. Like I was nervous thinking who's going to listen and what am I going to talk about? And you know, I'm never at a loss for words, but there was definitely some anxiety around the whole thing and just the technology. Like how do you record a podcast? What kind of a microphone do you get? Where do you plug it in? How do you turn it on? Like all that kind of stuff was very overwhelming to me. The small little details are the things that really freaked me out the most. Like I had no concern for talking a long time and for many weeks and weeks on end. No, no concern with that at all. So when we have these situations, it's helpful to have some tactics to help you work your way through and to process the process. And I think that that's a huge piece of it is like processing what you're going through while you're going through it can be really significant because then you can, if you can put some thought and some analysis to that, it can actually really help you determine the course of action you need to take or whether or not you need to take action and then how to take the best action so you get the best outcome. All right. So here's your 10 ways to slay. Number one, make a list of the pros. So when you're going through a situation, it's really easy to come up with the cons usually. Like you're like, all I can think about is the negative things, the things I don't want to do, the reasons I don't want to do this, the reasons it's hard, the reasons it doesn't fit into my life right now. Like it's very easy to come up with a lengthy list of why you don't want to do something, whether it is something like making dinner or it's a big thing like changing careers. There's just 
regardless of how big it is and where it falls on that spectrum of like, oh, I don't want to do this. There's always, it's always easy to find the negatives. Right. And I think that for most people, for whatever reason, that's just where our heads go automatically. So you have to retrain your brain. You have to really train your brain for like, why do I want to do this? Why is this a good thing? You have to make your list of pros and don't make a list of cons. Like we know they exist, but you don't need to identify them because when you identify them, like I'm not saying to live in ignorant bliss. Sometimes it's good to know that the pro, the cons outweigh the pros and then maybe decide not to do something. And we're going to talk about that when we get to number 10 here on my list. But generally speaking, if there's something that needs to get done and you want to do your best with it, identifying the positive parts of it are what's going to really make a difference. So when you're entering that situation, identifying like, what do I have to gain? What do I have to learn? What do I have to like, you know, model well to my kids if they're going to see me doing this? So whether you're doing something like, you know, training for a marathon or looking for a new job, people are watching, right? And so how are you going to do that in a way that you feel really proud and making a list of all the benefits that come from that? There's always going to be big, huge benefits, you know, And when you can identify those benefits from the get-go, then you really can feel motivated to get through the process, regardless of how cumbersome it might be, how long it might take. It makes it all seem worth it. Number two, number two on your 10 ways to slay is idealize the other side. So really romanticize about what it's going to be like when you get to the other side of of whatever the goal is. And so like for me, when I was moving the gym, I would literally imagine like, okay, on the day that I get my new keys, I'm going to open a bottle of champagne and like, we're going to go out to dinner. And same thing. I thought about like the day that I signed the lease, like this is what I'm going to do. And this is how it's going to feel. And so I was really aware as I went through this process, which just seemed to drag on and on and on. And I had a lot of deals fall through over the course of a year. So I had like three different deals fall through. And things kept not going my way. And it was always at horrible times. Like once one of the times I was on vacation in Cabo when one of the deals fell through and like nothing puts a damper on vacation than having a major business thing fall apart. And you're in Mexico and you're like, I can't even really do anything about this right now. Um, So idealizing the other side and thinking about how is it going to feel when it's done makes it worth fighting for. So you're really thinking about why is this worth it and How is it going to feel? Really think about like, what will it feel like to have this done and off my plate? Because when you think about that feeling, you kind of start to plan for how you're going to get there. And exactly like you kind of lay out exactly what the other side is going to look like. And so then when you get there, it, it just happens automatically where you're like, oh, yes. And this is the day that I go and I buy the champagne. And this is the day that I make the reservation for like, you know, the fancy celebratory dinner. And this is the day that I do whatever you've decided as like your way of celebrating you start, you let that play out because you've earned it. So you really idealize the other side and think about how amazing that's going to feel. Because again, just like making that list of pros, this is going to make it feel worth it. And it's going to keep you motivated when you think about what it's going to be like, rather than just, you know, I spent a lot of time in this drudgery when I was trying to move the gym thinking like, I just want to push fast forward to six months and know how it's going to turn out. The better thing to do for me over time, because it took so long, it took much longer than six months was just to imagine what is this going to feel like on the other side. And then it did play out that way. Like I imagined what it would feel like to be in our new space. I imagined what the first workout would be like. I imagined myself teaching this huge packed out class in our new space and then having mimosas afterwards, which is exactly what we did. And it was so fun and so fantastic. So I really idealized exactly how that transition was going to happen so that I was like beside myself in terms of like excitement to get there and positive attitude to make it work. And like to the point that the day that we actually moved the gym, I didn't, I messed up my U-Haul reservation. And so I went to move my whole entire gym 
And I did not have a U-Haul rented. Like I showed up at eight o'clock in the morning to pick up my U-Haul and they're like, sorry, ma'am, we don't have a reservation. And I never completed the reservation online. And it was a Friday. They're like, we don't have any trucks. Sorry. And so I ended up with two other people. We just loaded carloads of stuff and like carloads of medicine balls and dumbbells and mats and stability balls and big wood boxes and shelving and like all this stuff. And I couldn't believe that it worked out as well as it did. But it was like, there's things like that that are going to totally fall apart. And I was able to just like grin and bear it and just get through it because I knew right on the other side of that was something really great that I had been imagining and idealizing for so long that it was like, fine, whatever. We don't have a U-Haul. I don't even care. We'll make it work however we can make it work. Uh, And luckily I had some great team members around me who were totally in it with me and uh, we all held together really well. So number three, your third way to slay is embrace working through it rather than trying to work around it. So a lot of times when there's things that we don't want to do or we're avoiding something or feeling nervous or anxious about a goal, we try to work around it. And so I see this happen in professional situations where people know it's time to move on. People know like I've outgrown this job. I've outgrown this position. I'm not content here anymore. I'm not learning. I'm not growing. This really isn't like fueling my fire, but moving on would be really hard and really scary. So you kind of just stick with it because it's familiar. Or like maybe you ask your boss, like, can I have a little bit of a promotion or can I like take on a new responsibility or try something a little different? But you're not really working through the big issue that is like you're ready for like another leap in your life. And so instead of working through that next leap, we spend so much time working around it. And I know that I did this in my hospital job. I I walked out on my job at one point when I worked my hospital job. I was working with little kids. I had a really hard time dealing with upper management Um, I just really didn't agree with the way that they treated the people who were working the floor like me. Um, They made a lot of changes in terms of scheduling and all sorts of different things where I just, it was, it felt very inappropriate the way it was managed. So I walked off the job at one point, not recommending anyone does that, but you know, when you're like 25 ish and you feel like you don't need anyone to do anything for you, that's what you do. And then you realize you have no money, which is a whole nother thing. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school.
This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So anyways, I walked off the job and had to go crawling back because I had no money. And but what I did, because it was a hospital, I was like, okay, I'm not going to crawl back and like have to face the people that I can't stand every day. So I'm just going to come back and work night shift because it's a hospital. So it's open around the clock. Right. So I came back and worked night shift for a few months. Oh my God. Like it takes a special person to work night shift on a regular basis, but that's what I did. And then from there, I kept like trying to stay in this environment and make it work. So then like I moved departments and then I actually left for a few months and worked in a school district. That was horrible. I moved back to the hospital and worked in another department like I kept just like pivoting around the same thing and not really identifying like this is not going to work for me. And I finally ended up going back to school for personal training. And this was probably a couple of years in the making. And when I finally got to school for personal training, it was like this big exhale, like, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. And it took me a long time to get there because I was avoiding working through it. I was avoiding working through that really necessary transition. I was trying to work around it. I was trying to just make my current job work, even though I didn't really like it. I was completely burned out. I literally, like I was working with children and I wanted to get my tubes tied because I was so like over being around kids. And these were kids with significant emotional um, struggles and emotional disorders and behavior disorders and stuff. And so I was like, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to have a kid after spending time with these, with kids like this. And like, this is how kids are and completely freaked me out. So I had to really kind of push pause at one point and be like, okay, where am I going to go with this? And then I had to work through that. And it took a couple years of working through that, like to completely change my life and change career paths. But it was like one step at a time, just do what you need to do to get through it because working around it was no longer working. And there's so many ways that we do that in our life where we try to work around things and sidestep things rather than working through the big issue and the thing that really needs to be dealt with head on. So deal with the things that need to be dealt with head on. Don't just like pussyfoot around things because 
you're not going to get to where you need to be and you're not going to get to where you want to be. You end up just kind of stuck in the same place or like on the side of the same place instead of at the front of the same place. So do what you need to work through the things you need to get through. Number four, your fourth way to slay is to reward yourself for done. This is such a big deal. When you do something, you deserve a reward. When you do something that I mean, I'm not saying like you deserve a reward for making dinner every night or doing laundry, but by all means, if you want to reward yourself for that, you absolutely have my permission. But you definitely should reward yourself for those things where you take a leap, where you take a chance. You know, when I first started doing group fitness things, I did some boot camps over in um, outside of the studio environment that I was working in. And this was probably like 10 years ago. And I remember the first time I sold one out, I went shopping for new workout clothes. And I, <laughs> I remember I spent like, I think it was exactly $314 I spent on new workout clothes. And that was a lot of money for me. And I remember thinking like maybe, and I wasn't married. Vince and I were, I think we were living together, but I wasn't married. We weren't married yet. But I remember thinking like, this was a huge splurge and I probably shouldn't even show him. Like we didn't even have shared accounts. It's not like he would care if I showed him or care about the money, but it felt so indulgent. I almost didn't want to tell anyone. And then I started as I continued to do different kinds of programs and stuff, I started giving myself a reward every time I sold something out. Like every time I took a chance and built something new and the people came, I was like, I deserve a reward for that. Like it's really hard. And initially, especially the first few times I did this, it was hard putting myself out there. It was stressful. It was nerve wracking. I was like, you know, I can build this, but will they come? Who knows? So I really did start to reward myself. So sometimes it was little things like, you know, a pair of workout pants or uh, a pedicure. And other times it was bigger things. And one time a few years ago, I rewarded myself. I launched a new program. It was like the biggest thing I had launched so far and it went really well. And I got done with it and I was talking with my business coach and I was like, I feel like I should reward myself like with a trip or something. And she was like, yeah, you should, you should totally. And she's like, in fact, that's like your only homework from our coaching call today is like, you need to go book yourself a trip as a reward for, for this big milestone that you hit. And so I did, I ended up going to Key West with my dear friend, Sarah Morrison, who I know listens to the podcast now and then. So hello, Sarah, love you. And I wish we could go to Key West again, like every year. It was so fun. So I booked this four or five day trip to Key West, um, which was super fun. And that was a, that was like a big reward. And also like other people had to get on board. Like I had to, Vinny was like one and a half or two with, I think one and a half at the time. Um, so that was a big deal to like get my husband's support with that and have him take over. And that was definitely one of the, I think probably the longest trip I had been on at that point since he'd been born. Um, and so it was like a big deal, but it was a significant reward for significant effort. And I knew that I deserved that. And my coach had my back and my husband had my back. And that was a big deal. So rewarding yourself for done always motivates you to get things done. And it also helps you, um, again, like go through the first steps of like making your list of pros to keep you motivated and idealizing the other side just to keep that vision really clear and really exciting for you. So always keep those rewards there for yourself. Number five, your fifth way to slay look forward to the bragging rights. Okay. So when I decided to run a marathon, I didn't really want to run a marathon and, but I decided to do it anyway. And I hated it. The training was fine. Well, no, I shouldn't say the training was fine. Some of the training was fine. Some of it was horrible. There was one particular training run where it was pouring down rain because I'm in Seattle. So that's what it does. I was pouring down rain and I decided I had to go out for this 18 mile run and I decided I was going to run Lake Union. So if you live in Seattle, you are probably familiar with Lake Union and it's a six mile loop around Lake Union. So I thought, okay, it's pouring. Like I can't envision myself leaving my house and going like out nine miles and turning around and coming back nine miles. That just mentally seemed super overwhelming in this pouring rain. But for some reason, 
the idea of running around Lake Union three times was like, oh, I could totally do that. So I went to Lake Union, parked my car and did my first lap around the lake and was like, oh, okay, I'm good. I mean, I'm soaking, soaking wet because it's pouring, but I'm good. Like I can do it again. So I start my second lap around and the whole second lap. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I have to run this whole thing a third time. So I get through the second lap and I stop at my car to get like water and a snack or something. And it's still raining. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to do that again. So I start on my third lap. So it's the last six miles of 18 miles. And I just cry. Like I cry the last six miles, the whole final loop. I'm just crying, crying, crying my whole way back to my car. It sucked. It was so miserable. So other than that, my other training runs for the marathon were great. But race day was kind of like that 18 mile run. Like I just wasn't into it. It wasn't bad weather or anything. I just was like, eh, I don't really feel like doing it. It had been really stormy the night before that race. And so I could hear the weather like all night long. I was awake listening to pouring rain. And like, I think there was even thunder and stuff. So I was just really nervous about the weather conditions. So I really didn't sleep well. And I just was like, not into it. So what got me through that race was looking forward to breaking rights. Like I hated it. I cried through a lot of it. I screamed. My dear friend, Catherine ran the last six miles with me. Running is a generous term because we were moving very slow, but we weren't walking because at mile 22, I tried to walk and it was so miserably painful. I had to go back to running because running was actually felt a little tiny bit better than walking. And I just like cried and screamed at Catherine the whole rest of the way. And so as we moved at a snail's pace and she literally ran circles around me trying to make me feel better about the whole thing. And at the end, she's like, when you get done and you cross the finish line, you're totally going to want to do this again. I promise. And we got done. And I did not ever that it's been years now. It's probably been, let's see, like 11 years or so since I ran that marathon. Nope. Still don't want to do it again. Not even a little bit. So um, thanks for lying to me, Catherine. But um, but what I always took with me from that experience was like, I crossed it off the list. I can say I did it. And I also very much feel like there was, there's things in your life that you want to do because it's going to impact other things in your life. And I knew if I ran a marathon, it would impact the way that I could help my other clients because I had a, I have a lot of clients. I mean, this is a really common thing. People come to me and they feel like they have these insurmountable goals in front of them. And it's my job to coach them through that. It's my job to coach them to a 5k or coach them to push-ups on their toes or coach them through, you know, how to lose 30 pounds or, or 10 pounds or a hundred pounds or whatever. It's my job to coach them through all these different things. So I knew that if I pushed myself to do something as uncomfortable as running a marathon, I would get those bragging rights afterwards. And then I would be a better trainer because I would have experienced that like significant discomfort, significant fear, significant overwhelm, all those things. So that's why I did the marathon. I did it to get the bragging rights, to say that I did it, to learn about myself, to learn how I can help other people. And then when I was done, like, yeah, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I can always say like, no one can ever take that away that I, that I did that. And so I do appreciate that part of it. Okay. Full disclosure. I just heard the faintest little mom, mama, mama, mama. (laughs) So I hit pause on the recording and then I could not find Vinny in our house and I find him in the bathroom And he's like, mama, mama, I went poop. So I go to wipe and then he's like, and someone went potty on the floor. I don't know who that could have been. We don't know how it got there. It's a, it's a family mystery at this point as how there got to be potty on the floor. So if any of you guys have any ideas about this mystery pier in Seattle, just give me a ring. So anyways, okay. The butt is wiped. The pee is off the floor. And now we can get back to ways to slay. Although I did just do some slaying in that bathroom. Let me tell you. 
All right. So number six, your sixth way to slay is let yourself learn your way through the process. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're faced with, be okay. Like identify this is uncomfortable. I don't feel like doing this. I don't want to do this. This is what I'm fearful of. This is what I, you know, maybe have anxiety about or what feels really uncomfortable with the situation. But then be open to I'm going to learn while I go through that. And learning always comes with the benefit of having great stories, right? <laughs> like when you're learning things, you're like, oh, all these weird things are going to happen and it's going to be uncomfortable and weird and possibly like icky and ugh. But you're going to learn things and those are going to make for good stories usually. They're also going to make for a really hopefully transformational experience, a big growing experience, an evolving experience. So those are all really significant pieces of taking on a new task and 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 approaching a goal and approaching something new that you need to work your way through. So remember, you're embracing working through it. While you're embracing working through it rather than around it, like we talked about in number three, let yourself learn on the way through it. Be open to that. Be like, this is uncomfortable. I don't like this, and but I'm going to learn as I go. And I'm going to learn like, why is this uncomfortable? And why don't I like these things? So this is what I'm doing right now with me- uh, meditation, which I've mentioned a few times on here. It's a struggle, I'm telling you. I know meditation is like yoga, like you're not supposed to say if you're good or bad at it, because apparently you're just supposed to practice it and you're not supposed to label it as good or bad. But I'm telling you right now, I'm bad at meditation. I know we're not like technically allowed to say that. The people who, the the meditation gurus don't like you to say that, but I'm telling you, if anyone is bad at meditation, it's me. So I'm working on it though. And what I'm doing now is I'm definitely letting it be a a learning process. I'm really trying and I'm generally not... let's be honest, I only like to do things I'm good at. Like I generally, I don't attempt things that I'm not sure I can do well, historically, at least. I'm trying to be a little better about that as I age. I'm trying to make myself get more uncomfortable more regularly. But historically, I've only done things I knew I could do really well. So things like meditation are are things that I would definitely shy away from or things that just felt uncomfortable where I didn't immediately feel like, oh, yep, got it. So I'm months into this meditation journey. I'm still kind of feeling like it's day one. Definitely not feeling like, oh, yep, got it. Not even a little bit. But I'm really trying to learn as I go. And so one of the things I was actually talking to my therapist with about um, just yesterday, we were talking about meditation and I was talking about how... um, one of the, I'm using the Headspace app and I've been specifically using the anxiety track on the Headspace app, which I'm really enjoying. It's really interesting. So if you're into meditation, you've been wanting to try it. I do recommend Headspace and I do recommend the anxiety track. You have to go through some like, it's, I think it's only part of the paid feature, which I ended up paying for. Um, but I'm enjoying it. So one of the things that they ask you to do is paying attention to different things throughout the day. So like pay attention to when you sit down and stand up just at random different transitions during the day. Okay. I've tried to do, I'm on like day five of trying to do this. I have not once been able to catch myself sitting or standing. I like am completely ignorant about that. So I was talking to my therapist about this and I'm like, why can't I catch myself doing it? Like I am, am I so out of touch with what I'm doing and so unable to live in the moment that I never notice when I sit down or when I stand up? And what she said is that she said, you know, what you're doing, Sarah, is that you are thinking about thinking. And so even though you haven't mastered that part of it yet, you're still focusing on thinking about thinking and you're identifying some of the other things. You know, we were talking about some of the other pieces of meditation that I have gotten better about and some of the visual imagery that I've been able to use. She's like, you are making progress because you are able to do some of those pieces that involve thinking about thinking. And that's what a lot of the meditative stuff is about. So 
Sometimes you just have to be open to learning your way through a process and you don't always see right away that you're learning, but as you get a little ways into it, you will see like, oh yeah, like I'm putting A and B together now. And then when you get to the end, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm putting A and B together. And I also learned like C, D, E, and F. And a lot of times you don't see all of that until you're done. So you just have to put on your big girl panties and plow your way through and just know that as you're working through something, you are learning a ton along the way. Number seven, number seven ways to slay. Let it suck. Sometimes it sucks and that's okay. It doesn't always have to be rainbows and unicorns. It doesn't always, it's not gonna all smell like roses. Like, let's just be honest. There's gonna be things that you do that are gonna be not so fun. Like there's steps that just kind of are miserable. And I went through this for sure when I was moving the gym and I went through it, like we went through infertility. There was a lot of that that really sucked. But again, like when you go back to working through it rather than working around it, I didn't have any choice except for like, if I wanted to get a new gym space, I had to work through that. I couldn't go around it. If I wanted to get pregnant, had to keep just pushing through. But there's times in all those kinds of things where things just suck and that's okay. Like it doesn't, you don't have to enjoy every step of it. Let it be crappy and sit with that and be like, this is one of those times where it's just not so great. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. That doesn't mean the whole process has to be that way. So if there's moments that are like that, be okay with those moments, but don't set yourself up for the whole process to be that way. So, you know, I've talked about when we went through infertility, how I was able to make so many funny stories about so many situations, because it was definitely one of those situations where like, if you don't laugh about it, you're just going to cry. And the situations you find yourself in when you go through things that are so like such foreign territory, it's pretty unbelievable because you're working with people and places who do this all the time. So like you go to a fertility clinic and this is like not brand new to them. They deal with it every day. You come in as a brand new person who, you know, wide eyed and totally don't know anything. And it's so funny as you work through these things, kind of 
how you perceive things as the new person or as an outsider, as you're learning all this. So instead of just crumbling all under all of that, definitely be okay with like, some days are going to be rough. Some days are going to be frustrating. And then there's also going to be these moments of like hope and moments of excitement and moments where you actually move forward and moments where you actually realize like, oh my gosh, this actually, maybe something will actually happen here. So you have to be aware of like, there's going to be the peaks and the valleys and know that for every, every valley, there's going to be a peak for every peak. There's probably also going to be a valley. So it works both ways. So just knowing that there's going to be the high highs and there's going to be the low lows. And so be prepared for that and then be okay with it. And when you hit the low, be like, okay, so we're in a low right now. What can we do to get out of it? Like, don't let yourself sit there, but be okay with letting it suck every now and then because it will. Number eight, your eighth way to slay is to break things into smaller tasks. So breaking things into smaller pieces, be okay with looking at a big goal and being like, today I'm doing this amount. I'm not taking on the whole thing. So for me, you know, when I went back to school to become a personal trainer, after I was done with that school piece, I didn't quit my day job. My my day job, I was still working at the hospital when I wasn't in, you know, outside of my school hours. And then as I started taking on personal training clients, I started to cut back my hours a little bit at the hospital. So what I ended up doing for the most part was like working all through school. I worked weekends at the hospital and then I was in school during the week. And I would often work Friday and Saturday. I would work an evening shift into a night shift. So I would work 12 hours straight. I would go home for eight hours and then go back for another 12 hours, evening shift to night shift. So I'd work from like 3.30 p.m. until 7.30 a.m. the next morning. And I would often do that on Friday and Saturday. Don't ask me how I did it. I could never do it now. (laughs) It sounds horrible. But when I did it, like it totally worked. I made a week's worth of money in those two days. So whatever, like the things that you can do in your 20s, right? Could never do it now. But so that's what I did at that time. And it worked well for me. And it also allowed me to have the flexibility to break things into bite-sized pieces. So I was able to keep my financial situation stable by breaking things into steps and being like, okay, right now I'm going back to school. And then once I was done with school, the next small step was now I'm going to start taking one-on-one training, training clients. I'm going to still have my hospital job because that brings in the money, but I'm going to have these one-on-one clients where I can start to slowly back off on hospital hours as I pick up more and more clients. So that was like my next small step. And then over time I was able to get rid of the hospital hours completely, but I stayed on call just in case I needed to go back and get money. And I was able to um, get into full-time training. And then after a while, I was eventually able to drop the hospital altogether, be in full-time training, be in multiple facilities, which I really enjoyed um, so that I broke up my day. Great. So I was running between um, two different two different facilities and I did some work out of my house at the time. Um, and I actually really loved that. I loved having like my eggs in a few different baskets and having my days be really varied in terms of where I was spending my time. And that worked out really well for me to break that down into steps over time. So this all happened over the course of a few years. It was not like just like make a decision that I'm going to be a personal trainer, quit my job and like take a huge leap forward. It was baby steps the whole time. And that's how these kinds of things work. I mean, even starting with this podcast was like baby steps of how can I just get some coaching in how to do this? And then how, like from there, what are the steps I need to take? And I've taken lots of little baby steps. And now, even though we're launched and we're doing really well and things have been great and we have lots of listeners and We've, I've grown faster than I expected to for sure. Thank you. Thank you, by the way. Even now, I'm still at the very beginning of like, this is just one of the steps. Like I'm just a couple months past launch. This is just one of the steps of something bigger. I don't even know what the next steps are yet. I don't know what the bigger things are, but I know that like, this is just one step. And that's actually really cool and really exciting for me. That helps me 
um, stay really motivated because I know this is just like one piece. I'm just in one phase of it. And I'm super excited to see what the next phase is. Like I have some ideas, I have some thoughts about what I want to do, but I'm not totally sure how it's all going to play out. But when I can identify this as just one step, I can be really hopeful about the next step and really enthusiastic and excited about the next step. And I can know that ultimately, if I want to do something really big with this, all I have to do is keep breaking this down into small steps. And so that's how you can get to those bigger goals. You know, if I wanted to make the podcast, like my full-time gig, all I have to do is keep making little steps to do, to keep taking little steps to do that. That would totally be manageable. I'm not saying that's what I'm going to do, but I definitely do want it to be more than it is right now. So that was your warning. We're going to get bigger. We're going to get better. But, um, I don't know what I want the end game to look like yet, but I do know that I find a lot of hope in having that uh, and being goal oriented and taking little steps just to see what's going to ha- see what I can make happen as we progress in our in with listeners and as we progress with guests and all those kinds of things. All right, your number 9 way to slay ask for help and support and outsource things. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help and support. Like obviously have others help you. If you can hire your babysitter to also do some yard work for you or some laundry or some grocery shopping or anything, do it. You do not have to do all the things on your to-do list. And even if your financial resources are limited, you can still ask teenagers for help and other people for help, like teenagers, young adults, college students who want to do things on a pretty cheap basis and are motivated by money easily you can find help to do some of those things. There's also so many services now. You know, we use Instacart for grocery delivery. I use Amazon Prime and Amazon Now to get things all the time. In Seattle, we're lucky enough, we have Amazon Now where you can get things delivered within an hour or a few hours. Um, And then Amazon Prime where we get two-day delivery. And since Amazon is a Seattle company, I feel like I'm just supporting my local business, which I know some people frown upon Amazon because they are kind of taking over the world and putting a lot of other people out of business, which I totally understand is not a positive thing. But in terms of getting help and support and being able to knock things off my list and breaking through some of the obstacles to some of my goals, having those methods of outsourcing things is super, super helpful. So identify where you can do that. Identify where other people can do things for you. I've really started doing this at the gym in the the last couple of years, and it's made such a big difference. Like I don't need to be the person that buys the toilet paper for my gym. I did that for a really long time. And then I was like, wait, why do I have to buy the toilet paper? Like, this is not a unique skill set that I possess that no one else has. Someone else can buy my freaking toilet paper. And so now someone else buys my toilet paper. And I've done a lot of outsourcing as I've been able to afford it in terms of letting other people do stuff. So at home, that might be getting someone in to clean your house once or twice a month, or maybe every week if you can, if that's reasonable for your family. It might be having someone do grocery delivery through a service. It might be hiring a teenager or a babysitter to help you with childcare and other tasks around the house. I know that when we've had childcare like nanny support in our household, I definitely had some household stuff as a requirement in there. It was like, please also do these dishes. Please also empty the dishwasher. Please do this lawn. You know, like it was an expectation that Vinny's laundry would get done every now and then I was like, would you mind vacuuming? So while he's sleeping, there was all, there was some kind of built-in expectations with our childcare that we, that I wanted a little bit of household help as well. So that was really important for me um, because it's more valuable for me to do things that grow my business when I have downtime. So it's more valuable for me to spend my, you know, during nap time, if I can be getting work done that makes our family money, that's more significant than unloading the dishwasher and doing laundry. Not to say I don't do those things because I certainly do, but when I can outsource some of those kinds of tasks, I definitely do. All right, number 10, number 10 way to slay. Don't do it. 
Don't do the things you don't need to do. Don't do the things that you don't have to do. Don't do the things, in some cases, don't do the things you don't want to do. And for sure, don't do the things that don't serve you. So when you're looking at a task that you don't want to do or that seems too big and too overwhelming, don't be afraid to put your foot down and say no, like this is not serving me right now. Because here's the thing, when you say no, when you quit something that's no longer serving you, you open up space for something else. And that is really, really significant. So that's actually, I'm going to leave you here with a little bit of a cliffhanger. That's going to be the topic for our next episode. So I want you to be really aware of it's okay to be a quitter. It's like one of my favorite hashtags, be a quitter. It's okay to be a quitter. And it's really important sometimes being a quitter is significant in growing yourself. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit as we get into the next episode about why you have to be a quitter if you want to grow to find your truest passion, to embrace your truest passion and actually build that passion into something that you can do as like a, you know, a a hobby or a career. Um, So I'm going to leave you with number 10 on your 10 ways to slay. Don't do the things you don't have to do. Stay tuned for part two, where we'll pick up with that. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you catch our next episode to hear more about why you need to be a quitter. And you can hear about all the things that I've quit in my life and the money that I've lost in doing it, which is maybe makes uh, me a little bit uncomfortable. But so if this episode has been helpful to you, please feel free to share it and always make sure to head on over to shamelessmom.com. If you want to send us feedback, you can get connect with us there. You can always email me at info at shamelessmom.com where I love getting your feedback and make sure that you head over and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you haven't already done that, you can do that at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. And lastly, please feel free to share this with other moms that you know who want to be bigger and better in their everyday life. We love the feedback that we're getting with the podcast. It's so fun. It's so great. It definitely motivates me to move forward. And I need you to share this out there so that other people can become part of our academy and become part of our crew and become part of our growth. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure no matter what you do today, you do it 100% shamelessly. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.